Good morning, holy people of God. Everybody feel comfortable with that? Holy people of God. That, that's who you are. That, that's your identity. And, 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 and so if you kind of cringe with that to be called the holy person of God, I, I understand that. There's, there's times that I might do a funeral service or something in the communities. How do you go? Do you go by reverend? And I say, no, <laughs> I, I've never, uh, never wanted to be called reverend because, uh, well, if you know me well, I don't feel reverend, I guess. And, and to have that tag kind of lifts, and I don't like this idea, lifts me up because uh, you're identified as reverend. What is that identified? Can I call you all reverend? Yeah, th that kind of thing. And I, I don't like that pastor or you could call me Ronnie is okay too. But, but that idea of being called holy, I mean, there's a reason for it. What we've seen here in this, in this uh, uh, first book of Peter, uh, it, it's been clear that we have been made holy. Matter of fact, in, in the passage of Scripture where we, we, we went through in chapter 1, it, it identifies that holiness, giving praise to God because he has given us this regeneration or you have new birth into a living hope. Uh, that, that, that hope is set upon the resurrection of Jesus, and in that we also have an inheritance. And, and therefore, we could, we could say and we could identify, we are the children of God. And, and then next or last week, week what we talked about is, is followed by that, that therefore, you know, that there is a holiness that works in us. If Christ has covered us in his blood, there's a holiness that works in us. And matter of fact, in the, in the passage it says, be holy as I'm holy. Be holy like God is holy. And, and so we say, well, that's difficult. Uh, when we think about holiness, we're thinking perfection, right? And, and so in, in the thoughts we talked about last week, pursuing holiness. We've been given holiness. Now it's learning in this process of learning to live in this holiness and apply it to our own lives. Now, I had two points last week, and as I, as I walked out, you know, I usually go down this side, I, I had someone, he sits about the third or fourth row from the back, now, I don't want to say his name, his initials are JB, but anyway, he, he thought he'd make a, uh, just a comment to me, he said, hey, Third point, you know, I usually have three points, and so he's that third point, third point, and I go, oh, oh, and so I leaned over, I said, it's about love, and he goes, oh, <laughs> if you know this, if you know this guy named JB, who sits about three rows, and, and usually, yeah, there he goes, he's waving, so anyway, I kind of threw him under the bus and made it known, but anyway, I, I laughed because we had, uh, we had some, some serious conversations about loving and, and how difficult that is, um, Anyway, the, the point that begins in, in verse 22, where we left off last week, focuses our attention upon the love we're called into. Last week it was holiness, this week it's love. So we're going to proceed on with that third point. All right, good deal. All right. So verse 22 of 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to go through actually the second chapter, verse 3. Let's begin, 22. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, 
through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the grass, uh, the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. On to chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Let me read that again. I didn't emphasize it well. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. I want to take some time walking through this this morning, I think it's important. Matter of fact, this is one of the, some of those verses that at the end we say, well, that's not significant in content. I'm going to jump over that, and I'm going to go to verse 4 of, of the second chapter. But the more I read that, I thought, I, how can you skip uh, the words that are here? Matter of fact, uh, what Peter does is he is directing that those who are chosen, remember our, our focus has been on chosen, that's us, through Christ, he, he is, he's calling us. To make the most of the love that we've been given. Make the most of the love that we've been given. Now this expression of love, I, I, I think we need to, before I get into the verses, kind of address that because I, I will accuse some of you at being kind of like myself would be is, oh no, another, another sermon on love. We, we have quite a few sermons on love and, and that's natural. If, if we walk through the Bible like we do, we're going to run into Paul saying, hey, hey, love one another, right? And, and we're going to go into the Gospels where Jesus calls us to love. And, and we're going to go throughout the New Testament that consistently tells us to love. Even that, that uh, a great commandment in the Old Testament and repeated in the New Testament, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. This call of love is really prominent throughout the Scriptures, so in one place, if we walk through the scriptures like we do, we're going to run into it. And, and number two, I, I venture to say we need to hear it. We need to be reminded of it. Is that okay to say? We, we need to continue to pursue the kind of love that, that God has revealed to us. Now, I, in, in talking about that, uh, the love we're going to talk about is not the affections, not the emotion. The affections, the emotion, that's where you go, oh no, sappy ooey gooey stuff. Instead, we're talking about the action of love. Not the feelings, but the action of love. Uh, the feelings and, and that, that comes along, but really it is the activity of love that we want to refer to. Matter of fact, when you look at the scriptures, that's exactly how God has revealed his love for us. It's been through his action, right? John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he did what? That he just had so much love for us and he just... He just told us he loved us. No, that's not what it says. That he sent his only begotten son. He sent his son. Even to the point, he sent his son in order to die for us. That's an action. And, and that reveals his tremendous love for us, correct? So what we're looking at for this morning is the action of love. The action of love. That's what we're called to. And so we're, we're going to look again how we can make the most 
of what we've been given, of this love that we've been given, and it's through our actions. So here's some actions. Uh, number one, uh, Peter says that we are to go deeper or, or to love deeply or, or to move deeper into the love that we've been given. Now, at the beginning of verse 22, it says, you have purified yourselves. You've purified yourselves. That's happened through the obedience to the truth. To the truth. And, and the meaning of that is understanding, knowing, and receiving Jesus as our Savior. Repenting. Baptism. I mean, those, those, that's the beginning of purifying ourselves. Being covered in the blood of Christ is what purifies us. And so, uh, for those of us who have been purified through Christ, what comes along with it, the result of that is sincere love. It, it, it's a result. It's, it's what comes of, of that salvation that's given to us. In, in 1 John 4.19, it says, we love because he first loved us. Again, God's action has brought us a place where we accept and we understand and we receive it. And, and so our reaction to that is to love him, right? He's placed a sincere love within us. We have that capacity now, I believe, because God has loved us. We have that capacity to, to love him back. Now, sincere, sincere love, that's a genuine love. It is not fake. It is not pretend. It, it is a sincere love. And that love that we have is toward each other. One another. Love one another deeply. It's towards each other. Who are we talking about? Each other. It's talking about all those who are chosen. All right? It's all those who are elect. It's those who have received Jesus Christ, and they're all sitting around you. Does this make you uncomfortable? These are the people you're supposed to be loving. Okay? You're supposed to be loving these people around you. Now, uh, it includes, outside this wall, people over here at Highland Baptist and, and down Living Word and, and all congregations, everyone who professes that, that Jesus Christ is Lord, that's where our love is to be directed. It's to be directed to, to those who have called on the name of Jesus and have received them as Savior. They've purified themselves in Christ. They're the ones we are called to to love and have love for. We are the kingdom of God. And we don't do this isolated. We don't do this separate from anyone. We are a part of his whole body, connected. And so this love is for introverts and extroverts. It's for all those. You might not feel, I know there's some of us in the group that don't feel real comfortable in big crowds. But that doesn't mean that, that you get a, an exemption from loving everyone in that crowd. Building relationship in smaller groups, great. However you have to pursue it uh, and, and however you have to grow, we are called to love. And that idea is to, to, you know, the move that we need to make is to deepen that love. Last week when we talked about holiness, we're given holiness through that cleansing blood of Jesus, Right? And in that cleansing blood of Jesus, we are made holy. And then we have to make effort to walk in his holiness. We all, that's what we talked about last. Effort to walk in his holiness. We've received this sincere love. And guess what? That same thing. We need to make effort in learning to love. Well, loving Jesus, but loving those that he has accepted and brought into the family as well. Loving each other. It's all over, again, the New Testament. For us to love each other. How do we do that? 
How do we go deeper in the love that we've been given? I went golfing with my good friend Brian on Wednesday, and, and Brian hit his ball into to a brushy area, and so we all do that. I'm not telling on Brian. We all knock it into the trees or something like that, but Brian went in to, to get his ball back. It was a Bridgestone, so that, you know, if you know golf, that's a good ball. So he went in to see if he could find it. He found a Bridgestone, brought it out, but on it, it had a picture of this lady on it. It says, I love you on it. And, and so right away I thought, how much golf does a guy have to be doing that a wife feels like, or wife or even a girlfriend has to, has to put her face on it and say, I love you to, to you know, uh, to express her love, you know, uh, too much golf. That's, that was my first thought. Is that the kind of love we express? Well, that's not the kind of love that, that we express. Let me, let me give you some ideas. If we are loving one another that one thing that comes to mind, probably the first thing that comes to mind, is to be actively praying for one another, which we're called to do that as well. Not only love one another, but also praying for one another. And, and so that, that means if someone has a care or concern, they share that. Uh, for instance, we had individuals come up and talk about, you know, uh, here's, here's where I'm failing or something like that. And so we can pray for that brother or sister who, who shares that. Or, or even amongst us, maybe in smaller groups, we could pray for each other when we know a certain concern. Uh, we have the Yost family. And, and we know that we as a congregation are praying uh, for sweet Riley and, and the things that she's dealing with. And we've done that for so many. Matter of fact, I, I don't know, this is a good place to, to promote that uh, we have a prayer chain. And here's the way it works. If you want to be a part of the prayer chain, you give Trish or give the office your email address. And when there's a prayer request, she sends it out to everyone she has an email address for. And so then you have a list of people and, and, and prayer requests always before you. So if, you, if, you, if you're a prayer and you want to be a part of that, please let Trish know or, or give your address back at the desk. We'll make sure that Trish gets that. So she could add, add you to the, the prayer, uh, uh, prayer chain. H- how do we love? How do we grow deeper in love? Again, prayer is a part of that. When I sit down with a, a, a young couple that's getting, getting ready to get married, I mean, they're all, the affections are there, the emotions are there, they can't, they're near giddy, getting ready to, to be married. And so when I sit down with them, one of the things I talk about is that this, this, this feeling, these affections are very, what, what do you say, very fluid, they're up and down, and, and one, I mean, and this is bad to say, but some days you don't feel like loving your spouse, right? Some days you don't feel like, I mean, sometimes they're a toad, I'm telling myself, but, uh, or, you know, things aren't always going right. And so feelings are the things that fluctuate. So I, I always encourage them, hey, said, after you get married, make sure that you continue to invest in each other. Invest is, investing is always the word I've used. Invest in one another. That's, that might be, hey, hey, encourage one another. Uh, share some things. You know, it might be a note or something like that, but, but use some words to encourage them. Uh, do a chore on their behalf or, or you know, a, a gift or something. So that's in marriage. How much more do we need to hear that feelings aren't always going to be there? Matter of fact, we're going to do things that might frustrate you totally. Uh, because of your brothers and sisters in Christ. We're not looking for those affections. What we're looking for is that commitment. And, and when we're serving each other, when we're seeking to love each other, we cannot forget what Jesus has done for each of us, right? 
And, and so in that, in that commitment, we need to look to build the relationship and, and fellowship with each other, loving each other. Uh, yeah, there are numerous examples that came to my mind as I was preparing this. But I thought of one, one guy, uh, he's over 90 years old, uh, Bob Hyatt. And, and Bob Hyatt, over past several years, we have individuals who, who man, I, I need to make an appointment, eye appointment in Man Manhattan, and Bob almost, you know, the, the greatest percentage of, of those who are, are, are taking these people on the trips is Bob Hyatt. He goes to Manhattan. He goes to, to Topeka. He's taking trips, I think, I believe, to Salina. Wherever the, the need is, Bob has hopped in his car and, and taken numerous people to their appointments. And, and what do you say? Well, that's, for us guys, we call that service, but the underlying cause or reason for that is, is love. You do that for, for a brother or sister because of love, a commitment that you have for those in the body. Man, see a need, meet a need. See a need, need a need. Meet a need is, is the way we ought to be motivated when it comes to each other. Share a meal, whatever it is. Uh, you see someone hurting, then, then if, if you have a heart for them, you, you approach and you get acquainted and, and you find out what is it that we could do. It might be as simple as prayer. Or might, there might be a need that we can meet. We are called. How do you bring things deeper? You just become active in others' lives. You become active. That's hard to do. Man, I got my family to deal with and, and, and work. And, but as a church, how, how do you uh, grow deeper in love with each other? And it is by actively serving, actively uh, caring for one another. So we need to grow from there. Now there's another activity that's very important that, that Peter mentions, especially starting chapter, chapter 2. There he says, uh, rid yourself of, of those things that are contrary to the love we just talked about. Those, those things that are going to be in conflict and actually destroy the love. That we have. He says in verse 1, he says, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of, of every kind. In those words. Now, I, I need to say that, that these sins that he's mentioning are not those sins that are open and visible acts of sinfulness. Not ones that, that you expect. We've seen those lists before, right? Paganism or idolatry. Or, or sexual immorality, or adultery, or murder, or stealing, all those sins that are, are identifiable. But the sins that, that uh, Peter lists here are those that are hidden within our hearts. These are the ones that, that very much could be um, more prevalent within the church. These are the sins that are more prevalent within his church. The things that could be hidden. The things that are not seen. And I think that's important for us to understand as we read those words that we need to start asking, man, are, are some of these sins in my heart? It, 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 are some of these sins, some of the things I'm acting out amongst the people of, of his church, his chosen people? Here, let me go through the words just real quick. Not, not exhaustively. I, we don't have that time, but malice. Malice is actually having ill will towards someone. 
It, it could be, man, I hope something bad happens to him. It might not even have to be that. It's, man, you, you, you get frustrated if anything good happens for them. Is that, that idea of malice, it's, it's included in um, Ephesians 4.31 along with bitterness and grumbling. Bitterness and grumbling, also envy in, in those verses. But malice is that uh, inner problem within the heart that's hidden, that we don't want anybody else to see. That, that's, that's something that we call, can't call out and point fingers at very easily. Deceit. Deceit is the second word. Deceit. We know what deceitful is. It is we, we talk about how we've received the truth. We're called uh, through the truth of Jesus Christ, what? To live his truth. And, and uh, deceit is absolutely opposite of that. It's deceit. Maybe trying to cover over the ugliness in our life. Uh, there, there, there's the, the thing of speaking deceit, but there's also the action of deceit, which I believe is very much connected to hypocrisy. You know, on Sunday morning we live one way, but when we're out in the world we live another. That's kind of what uh, uh, Jesus said in Matthew 23, 28. He says, in the same way, on the outside you appear to be people of righteousness. Like you're acting out your righteousness, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. That's the hidden sinfulness in our lives. That's the hidden sinfulness in our lives. We don't want anybody else to see it. Now, as we look at that, Peter, Peter was actually involved in that and was called out by Paul. Galatians 2 tells that story that, that here Peter is, I mean, some excitement's going on because now, now the message of Christ is going into the Gentiles and it's beginning to spread. And good things were happening in, in Antioch. And here's Peter. And, and, and he's swept up with the excitement of Gentiles coming to believe in Christ. And, and so he is even sitting down with these Gentiles. And he's eating the food that at one time was not allowed. He's right there with them. And then who shows up? A, a bunch of Jews. Judaizers who, who come along. And what does Peter do? But he gets up from the table and he goes... Like, unclean, unclean, you know? And I, I see it as, man, Peter, shame on you. But I've seen that working in my own life at times. As a man, all, all of a sudden, you know, depending on who's here, I've got to act, oh, no, I've got I to put on my, 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 my Jesus face or, or my religious face, and no, I can't be around them. I, I don't know. I, I think... When, when I hear someone from outside the church, well, why, you know, what, is it, what trouble do you have with the church? Oh, it's full of hypocrites. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, I think that's true. I, better yet, I would say, hey, the church is really full of sinners who are seeking and, and, and living his forgiveness. And if there is that hypocrisy, if there is that hypocrisy, hypocrisy is not letting it, not living honestly, righteous on Sunday, but when, when I'm in a different place, I got a different face on. I got a different, you know, I'm amongst a different, per, uh, a different group within the community. All of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm not living that light anymore. I'm living back in my darkness, hypocrisy. And, and it's amongst the, the, the things here that we are to rid ourselves of. That what 
Jesus makes it possible that we receive forgiveness for. And so rid ourselves of that kind of life. Envy. You know what envy is. It's desiring or seeing someone and just being envious of them because they have something I want, I need. Matter of fact, envy is one of those things mentioned that, that uh, the Pharisees were, was identified that the Pharisees and the religious leaders had that, that had Jesus crucified. Uh, Pilate noticed it. In all the accusations of bringing Jesus before them, Matthew 27, verse 18, Pilate said, uh, or, or it was said about Pilate, for he knew, uh, excuse me, for he knew it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus over to them. Why, why would they be so envious of Jesus? I, I asked myself that, that question. I thought, well, earlier in that week, what happened? How did Jesus enter into the city? You remember that? palms waving, they're taking their outer garments off and laying them on the road as Jesus was making his way into the city. I wonder who else received such a, a warm welcome into that Passover. Now, nothing, nothing compared to what Jesus received as he entered with, with shouts of Hosanna and, and praises to God as he entered into the city. And the religious leaders, man, Jesus was gaining favor amongst the people. And the religious leaders, boy, were losing their attention. And, and besides, the, the things he says is usually condemning of us. He tells us that we're self-righteous and that we're not listening. He calls us people who are, uh, you know, uh, dead, you know, whitewashed tombs full of dead man's bones. Uh, so envy, having envy towards one another, that, that might even lead to that slander. That slander is speaking against someone. Having words against someone, and, and in most cases, when they're not even present. is talking poorly about each other. Away from the church. You know, out, outside, we're talking, well, there's that individual, and... And then those words come out that are just contrary and wrong. Even if it's, it's true, it ought to be something spoken to that brother or sister if it's something that needs to be corrected. But it, not, it ought not to be part of your thought or your sharing with the community or even with each other. That has nothing to do with love. I found something interesting in the commentary, Peter David's, he said, under pressure, listen, under pressure, there is a tendency to begin bickering and division. It's a tendency to begin bickering and division and under, under pressure or, or even testing. In the past few years, we've been tested. What's been tested is, yeah, the things of our holiness and the things of our love. When it comes to the things of COVID, I've had, I, I said, well, I'm going to mention this. And I've had people tell me, don't even bring that up. It, it was not a good time, that period of, of COVID. And, and I, ask, I ask ourselves, you know, did we handle it well? Uh, that, that idea of bickering and division, yeah, in times of testing, well, what do you do about that? I, I think I only bring it up for this reason. We, we need to be prepared for the next time it happens. Will it happen again? Well, definitely none of us hope it ever happens again. Is it possible? Yeah. It's absolutely possible something like that could happen again. And my question to you is how do we handle that better? How do we handle that better? 
Can, can I go back to what we just said? Grow deeper in your love. Grow deeper in the love that we've been given, right? And, and also put away those things that we're hiding within our heart, those things of, of malice, the, the, the things of hypocrisy, deceit, of, of envy and, and, and slander. Get rid of that. That We put it into practice today. Don't wait for the, the difficulties to come again. And, and they do come for maybe individually or even like we just experienced. Get rid of those things. He goes on to say um, that, that which only makes the community that much more vulnerable to outside pressure. The world is wicked enough. And, and we don't need to be any kind of wickedness. We don't, we don't need to, to, to be falling apart when difficulties comes. Matter of fact, when difficulties comes, it ought to draw us together, right? We might have different opinions here and there, but we can never take our eyes off of what he's done for us and that tremendous love he's given us and that we turn around and we say, man, I will not change what God has called me to do. I'm not going to change in that. I'm going to continue to pursue his holiness. I'm going to continue to pursue his love, right? The third point, I believe, that, that verses 2 and 3 identifies this idea of we need to be growing in these things. He, he, he clearly says that. Listen, let me repeat that. Verse 2 says, like newborn babies, crave the pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Hey, here's the idea. How do I change? How do I become what God wants me to be? Hey, grow up in your salvation. Grow up in your... Hey, this was reviewed a couple of times by Peter. It's obviously on Peter's mind. It needs to be implanted. So I'm going to repeat this that I have in the past couple, uh, couple of Sundays. You know, we received his grace. We received his salvation when we received, took Jesus as our Savior, correct? That was our beginnings. But... Peter continues to say, verse, verse 5, when Jesus returns, then we'll know that salvation, the completion of our salvation. It's coming. It's not all here. It's going to be completed at, at that time when Jesus appears. And again, I believe it's verse 13. He says the same thing about grace, which, man, so our grace is our salvation. So it's two different words. That's, we're going to receive it completely when we see Jesus face to face. So we had our beginnings. It's yet ahead. We're living his grace today. We're living it. We're living it every day. His grace. I am being saved until the completion, right? No wonder we're looking forward to that. No, the struggles and difficulties with my flesh and ugliness and things that I continue to find myself on my knees for to ask his forgiveness. I, I got to keep in mind, it's coming. And in the meantime, guess what I'm doing? I'm growing up in my salvation. What does he say? Hey, as, as newborn babies, just like he said in, in chapter one, hey, we have this new birth, this regeneration. As newborn babies crave that pure milk. And what is that? I, it, it's his word. It, it really really truly is his word that his word that has brought us to this realization who Jesus is it's his word that has brought us to faith and brought us into relationship with God that's where the word has brought us hey it's it's kind of like you get married oh the honeymoon's over so pff, 
Lay back and be passive in your relationship with your wife. Try that. Or husband. Just, oh, well, I'm married now. I got, I got them all tied down. I got the documents. So, hey, they're mine. And so just be passive in that relationship. See how that goes. <laughs> But in this relationship, we have our beginning, and his word was all in it. It brought us to this relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And we are like babies, craving that pure milk, and to continue in his word is important. The reason I say it's the word, the last part, I mentioned this last week, I mentioned again, pointed out, but the word of the Lord endures forever. We were saved with what, what is imperishable, not perishable. And, and, and uh, that's Christ. That's the message. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is imperishable. It is indestructible. It is something that, that we who are temporary have that is eternal. It's within his word. And we're to grow into that. We're to grow into that. That salvation, is, we're, we're to move forward. The expectation we have of a baby is to grow, and the expectation we have of you who comes into that faith is to be growing and changing and being transformed. What? In that grace and that salvation until you see Jesus face to face. Do we see how that works? Well, how do we grow in his holiness? His word. How do we grow in his love? Don't neglect his word. And, And I would add this. You know, make that effort. Put it into action. Put it into action. Don't go about. Matter, matter of fact, the, there's, there's some who believe that this imperative that, that Peter lays out, this, this, this instruction is, is kind of the, the focus over all 1 Peter. Crave that pure spir- spiritual milk. And if it's not, uh, whether it is or not, here's, here's what he's saying. Don't be passive. Don't sit on your haunches. Hey, I'm in the salvation. I'm just going to uh, just wade through life. Just kind of hang until I receive that salvation. Peter's very clear. You don't do that. It's a pursuit. It, it, it is an idea of growing, being stretched, and being, you know, moving forward to becoming more like my Savior, Jesus. Amen? Isn't that right? That's who you are, you holy people. You holy people of God. That's who you are in Jesus Christ. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Peter says, crave that pure, pure milk. You know, you infants. <laughs> crave it. Grow and, and, and come into that identity with him. So, again, just to just bring that up, we are to move deeper in the love that we've been given. We're to get rid of those things that's contrary to that love, and we are to grow in that salvation. I praise God for his word and his instruction this morning. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you for Jesus. Oh, Lord, every Sunday we get together, we praise you for Jesus. And, and every day each of us comes before you just thanking you for the salvation that we have. Father, I praise you for the Holy Spirit indwelling us, the, the blood of Jesus that covers us. Father, for your word that's ever before us, may it be the strength in our lives. May we read it intentionally. May we apply it. 
may we, Father, also uh, put, the, put that effort into living the holiness we're given and living the love, that sincere love that we receive from you, that love that was poured out upon us through Christ. So, Father, we need your strength in that. There, we, we're going to fail at times, but, Lord, we pray that we will press forward in, in finding ways that we can love one another, seeing the needs, and, Lord, attempting to step forward and meet needs in ways that you've given us the strength to, to, to do and, and to become for others. God, you're good to us. We praise you today. We praise you today for this message that what we're living today is that salvation, that grace, that compels us to move forward and to grow. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.